Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's Jalen Rose. I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What exactly is it that we do, Jalen Anthony? We boss Rose. up and get a people. Get the Very special episode of Jalen and Jacoby today in advance of the Michigan Wolverines big Sweet 16 game tomorrow. Who's joining us on the program right now, Mr. Rose? A member of the Fab Five. This gentleman has been an NBA All-Star. This gentleman has been an NBA champion. But how about the fact that he's coaching our Michigan Wolverines right now in the Sweet 16? Please welcome head coach. Jawan Howard to the program. Welcome, Big Noop. What's up, baby? How you doing, J-Rose? What's up, Jacoby? Man, thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you are laser-focused on this matchup with Villanova. You've had a little bit of time since the win against Tennessee. How do you keep the focus in the minds of your players? What are you focused on as you head into this game against the Wildcats? Well, what we've been focused on the most is uh, taking one game at a time. Uh, one win at a time. So now we, we face uh, one of the you know, the top teams in the country uh, in the Big East, which is Villanova. Uh, great coach, Hall of Fame coach, and Jay Wright um, has a, a team that plays competitive basketball from start to finish, uh, shooting from the outside, uh, inside play from, from one of their big guys, as well as they, as we all know, they broke records from the free throw line. They're one of the most disciplined teams that you can t- all the college basketball because of the coach uh, being as, as very detailed uh, Hall of Fame ways. So, Jawan, at the end of the Tennessee game, 22-8 run to close that out. Can you acknowledge what was the difference in getting that big win that now leads us to the Sweet 16? Well, it started with uh, – you know, our guys did an amazing job of taking care of the basketball. Uh, also, like on the defensive end, being able to get stops when needed. And also on the offensive end, being patient and going through our guy, you know, Hunter Dickinson, as well as Eli Brooks, uh, making big plays for us down the stretch as well. And I really give credit to our team as far as how they kept their mental stability during the times when, in the first half, when things wasn't going our way, when we turned the ball over nine times. But then coming in at halftime and trusting and taking ownership of it and not holding their heads down, but also uh, being able to apply it in the second half uh, with the adjustments that we made with me and my staff on what will give us the best chance to uh, have a better half and then also give us the best chance to win. So our players is really have you know, bought in throughout the year, uh, trusting one another, but then also starting with you know, day one and July 1st and just getting themselves uncomfortable and understanding that no matter what, you got to keep playing for 40 minutes uh, until that buzzer sound. 
One of the things that makes March Madness so magical is just the emotion that's in the building amongst the fans and amongst the players. And that emotion boiled over for the Tennessee Volunteers, Kennedy Chandler at the end of the game, and you embraced him. Can you tell me about that exchange? Well, I you know, haven't played the game before and you know, been to uh, you know, two Final Fours, two championship games, uh, been a player, been to three Elite Eights, but haven't had an opportunity to win that a special moment and uh, Kennedy has been a competitive guy as he is, super talented, uh, high character young man. And I seen him as we went through the line when I was ready to shake his hand and I saw tears get ready to roll down his eyes. So at that moment, you know, being a father, also being a coach, but I, I had no opportunity but to you know, do whatever I can to help him through that moment. So um, I just try to wish him some words of encouragement, but also console him and let him know that, you know, I love him. I understand what he's going through but I will support him throughout his career because Kennedy is one of the best guards in our in college basketball. But then not only that, like I mentioned earlier, I haven't known a family. I come from a, a great family. Uh, he's a fine young man with high character. And after that moment, Jawan, the celebration not only was on the floor with Macy Edward Christopher III and Ray <laughs> Money Jackson, but also in the locker room with your players. What was it like to be able to be embraced by the Michigan family as we head to the Sweet 16? Well, first I want to start with the first game, you know, Colorado State. When we played against a very good Colorado State team and that final buzzer, and to see you at the game, uh, that was a surprise to me. So that was one of my most happiest moments. And then, after we won that game and receive a call from tech, uh, Ed Tech for Chris that he will be present, he's going to come to our, our second game. And then to know that he had brought Ray, I had no, I, no, no knowledge at all that Ray was coming. That was a big surprise. But to win that game, you know, being down um, by nine points at half, but then also to finding ways, like really grinding it through and to see the support that we had in the building from the Michigan fan base and having Chris Weber, who hadn't been to a basketball game uh, this year, and to come in the locker room and, and show, show his emotion to the team and let the team know how much he you know, supported them throughout the year. You know, it meant a lot to me, but it wasn't all about me. It was about our team and about our staff as far as, you know, that Michigan family, what we've been talking about is real, and that support has been real throughout the year. So we appreciate you guys, man. I love you guys for all the support you've given, not only just myself, but the entire team. Love you too. Absolutely. And Jawan, even though I'm not on the staff, I've done a little scouting coach, and I have to ask you a couple of questions about a couple of players on Villanova in particular. Starting center, Eric Dick Dixon, and also their big Jermaine Samuels. I want to ask about those guys. And also, they're 9-0 when Gillespie scores 20 or more. How do we contain this artillery? Well, that's a great question. Uh, Dixon is one of those bigs that have been counted out. It's been called undersized, and I'm sure he, he used that as fire. And he's a competitor. So when you look at a guy like Hunter, you know, he's going to, you know, look forward to competing against Hunter because uh, he's heard a lot about, you know, Hunter Dickinson throughout, you know, his years playing in college basketball because Hunter's had a lot of success. Samuels is one of those guys that a lot of people don't talk about, but everyone in the Big Ten know that this kid is a player. He can shoot the ball from the outside. He's also as good as off the bounce uh, with his athleticism, and he's tough. 
Uh, he's a tough-nosed competitor. Uh, Gillespie, uh, a young man who's been in the program for a while, he knows the culture inside and out. He probably can teach the team uh, by his years and experience, but also by his knowledge for the game. One of the things that we're going to try to do is contain, you know, all three of those guys and make them have to work for every bucket. But we know that, you know, Gillespie is the head of the snake. You know, this is the guy that gets the team going uh, with his mental toughness, with his leadership, with his shooting, and also uh, the way he's able to make plays for one another, well, I mean, for, for his teammates. So with that, uh, it's going to be, you know, a tough task for us, but... Uh, this is some of the teams that we faced before that's similar. Arizona was a good team. You know, Seton, Seton Hall is a great team. All the teams in the Big Ten was very tough and competitive. Uh, but they prepared us for this moment. And we're looking forward to the challenge on Thursday. Now, Juwan, it's been a very tumultuous season for the Wolverines. Some COVID issues earlier in the year. And obviously you were suspended for five games towards the end of the year. What was it like sitting at home and watching your own team play on the television and listening to everybody in sports media talk about you in that incident? Well, it was challenging. Um, you know, it was tough just to not be with my team and staff. Um, but then while I was home, I had a chance to reflect. Uh, I got an opportunity to grow as a person. And during the, during the counseling sessions that I had, I feel now I'm stronger not only as a person, uh, as far as my preparation, but also, you know, how I can help, you know, in ways learn and, and grow as a coach. And so I use that time as a sign of growth. And with that, uh, I think, you know, diversity that we face throughout the year, it, it really has tested our, our culture. And our, one, number one, our number one core value in our culture is family. And family really grows to the occasion and support each other during that time. I had players came by my house, Hunter, Jace um, came to visit and check on me. I had my players calling me and they, they, they text me just to make sure that I was doing fine. And, and then the staff, you know, I communicate with them on a daily basis. Uh, and some came over my house just to check on me and take and make sure that I was okay. So that right there just shows, you know, how much, you know, that we really support each other. And, and that family is no just a word with us. It's real within the Michigan coach. And Jawan, I like the way you and the team and the Michigan fan base rallied around that. And it was admirable for me to watch Frankie step in for Devontae. And you mentioned yeah. how Eli's been playing and how Hunter, to over 20 double-digit boards. And how about T. Will with his two offensive rebounds late in the game? So right. going into Thursday's matchup, what are some of the things you're telling the squad before they take the floor? Well, um, you know, I, I told our squad that it's going to be important for us to really stay together. Um, and it's not, you know, human-like, and it's impossible to say, hey, we got to play mistake-free basketball. We want to make mistakes out there. The game of basketball is all built on mistakes. But every mistake that we make, it has to be a fixable moment and we have to move to the next play. And just make sure this doesn't happen again in the sense of, you know, our guys and how they're wired. Um, they have really bought into playing together as a team. They have did an amazing job of sacrificing with their roles, and they have always stayed ready. And I have never asked or had to beg anyone to stay ready. They've always, you know, been dialed in and waiting for their name to be called on and doing things out there on the floor that does not, I repeat, does not show up in the box score. 
and that's winning basketball. So with a culture like that, you know, I'm truly blessed to have the young men that have really bought in to the leadership. When I see the maize and blue and the Michigan name across the chest making a deep run into the tournament, I think about you two. You guys had great careers in the league. You had great college careers. But fans like me and the audience watching just wants <laughs> to hear you reminisce about those days. And how do you relate to the players now and sort of like use that as influence for them moving forward? Well, you know, back when we were young, um, you know, we were just young men that was extremely competitive. Every time that we felt we step out that they're out there on the floor, that you know our mindset was, you know, we're not losing, and we trusted and believed in that, and we had that competitive nature that in practice, uh, how we compete against one another in practice and made each other better, that that of course would translate in, in, onto the court, you know, against our opponents. So, anytime we stepped out there on the floor. Um, you know, that confidence was always there and the trust and the belief was always there in one another. And we always felt that we were going to be the most connected team. And, and that's where it made us elite level group. Uh, and that has been always started from the leadership of Coach Fisher, Coach Fisher and his staff, uh, Ryan Dutcher, Perry Watson, Jay Smith, Scott Perry, those guys, man. You know, I, I feel we owe everything to them. Thank you and so Juwan, much. I must say this before we let you go, and I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. I'm going to do a little coaching here. Hey, fellas, play without fouling. Nova likes to get to the line. Play without fouling. And Houston's going to make a couple of threes. This is a special team. I think you're lining it up for a special run, and we're looking forward to following your progress as we continue to advance, hopefully, in the NCAA tournament. I love you, my brother. Thank you for joining the show. Man, thank you, Jay. Thank you for always supporting me and the, and the staff and the players. Uh, your support has been real from day one. Um, I love you. love your family. And uh, Jacoby, you are, you know, we have, of course, adopted you into the family. So, brother, you know, thank you guys for all you have, man, uh, in supporting the mission program. Thank you so much, Coach. You, much more coming and from no Jalen Jacoby. Jimmy King going to be there with me, my brother. We're going to be standing on chairs with Janine rooting for y'all. Jalen and Jacoby is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from the South Street Seaport and 
brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. What an interview with Jawan Howard. Great work, Jalen Rose. Thank him for coming on the show. But we have some NBA action to talk about starting in Orlando, Florida, where the Warriors came out to play. Yay! However, they played poorly and they got beat by the Orlando Magic. That's right, the Orlando Magic. Do you know who was not happy about that? Draymond Green, here's what he said about the Warriors' play during the three-game losing streak. I think we're playing soft. Um, we're playing stupid. Um, it's just not playing good basketball, and we're getting pumped. So, it's hard to win a game getting pumped, and that's kind of where we are right now. The Warriors, I never thought of as a soft basketball team, a stupid basketball team, or a team that you could punk. Jalen, how concerned should you be if you're a Warriors fan right now? Did you say Steph Curry was in the lineup or not? No, he was not in the lineup, no sir. Okay, so basically what Draymond Green is doing is trying to fire up the rest of his roster, understanding that they have one of the best players in the league eventually returning to a team that used to have a stranglehold on the two seed, but now all of a sudden Memphis came up and snatched it. They're two and six without Steph. And so, yes, there should be a sense of urgency for these Golden State Warriors, first and foremost, to get healthy. You want Clay playing at an optimum level. You want to get Steph returning. You want to keep Draymond in the game. He got ejected recently. And you want the young players to continue to progress. But what he's talking about is something that they're going to need when playoff time comes. That's a level of physicality and discipline in order to not only take care of the basketball, but to stop teams from easily scoring on them. I really felt like James Wiseman was going to solve a lot of their problems just because he's so physically imposing and big. But you've got, they're asking a lot of Kevon Looney, and Draymond Green can put a lot of patches in the holes in the boat, defensively especially. But there's a lot of holes in that boat right now, especially without Stephen Curry, and I hope that they can get right soon because they're one of the only teams in the Western Conference that I could see pressuring the Suns in a seven-game series. Jalen, there was a seven-game series between the Hawks and the Knicks last year that I remember well. However, it did not go seven games. It did not go well for the New York Knickerbockers, and the New York City fans just grew a distaste for that man, Trey Young, and he returned to the Garden last night and again put on a show, bringing the Hawks another win against the Knicks in the Garden. Uniquely, you used the term taste. How about the fact during a playoff game last year where Curtis 50 Cent Jackson in the building, a New York Knickerbocker fan spit on Trey Young. Just think about that. That actually, I'm old enough to remember that. So that means when he plays against the Knicks, it's going to be personal. And he put the smack down again. 45 points, eliminated them last year from the playoffs, balling on them again this year. I truly believe, even though Julius Randle had a magical season last year, got a big deal, was most improved player, the Knicks were the fourth seed, I think you're counting down the days of Julius Randle being a Knick. The weight is just unfolding. And so I want to give props to Trey Young and the Hawks. But I also want to talk about your die-easy Knicks. Because here's what the national media is going to do. 
the entire offseason, we're going to put every player Everybody. in the NBA Everybody. on the Lakers Everybody. or on the Knicks. <laughs> yep. Except Julius Randle. <laughs> exactly. We're going to have Dame on the Knicks this offseason. Zion's going to be in the Knicks this offseason. We're going to have Giannis on the Knicks this offseason. Luka on the Knicks. I can't wait for the offseason. The offseason is the most exciting time for the Knicks because that's when the roster really gets bolstered. However, when the season starts, you look at the roster, none of those names are there. I mentioned Zion Williamson, and this is interesting. The latest news we heard about Zion Williamson was that he was potentially likely going to be shut down for the season. So how does Zion respond? to that. Zion, not very active on social media, but he's been active in the gym. Jalen, are you more impressed with the dunk or the fact that he put up a clip of himself without his shirt on? Because for me, it's the latter. I'm extremely impressed. And I've seen this happen with multiple athletes as they start to grow and mature and understand certain sacrifices that are needed to take their game to the next level they're gonna do it in their personal lives. And for Zion, an elephant in the room is gonna be his weight. So if you look at that clip, he's clearly not in his best playing shape, but think about a 280 pound human being jumping off the ground, taking it between his legs on a windmill. And he hasn't played all season. And he's not really even practicing with the team. Like, this is extremely impressive. And here's what I want to make sure I say. I know since Lonzo Ball left and Zion got to New Orleans, there's been this fantasy, so to speak, probably in his head, in his camp's head, and definitely in the media that wants to see him play elsewhere. Maybe even New York, right? You forgot about him. With that that being said, I believe Zion... Exactly. I believe Zion has a great opportunity to bloom where he's planted Mm -hmm. with the Pelicans. You and I talked about this with Giannis. Everybody wanted him to leave. Go to Miami. Go to Dallas. You can't get it done in Milwaukee. Fire the head coach. He doubled down. He re-signed. They traded for Drew. Middleton stepped up and they won the championship. Just look at what's happening in New Orleans. Willie Green is a terrific young coach. Brandon Ingram is already an all-star. C.J. McCullum is a seasoned veteran that averages 25 points in the league already. Valanchunas has been giving them quality minutes in the post, not only scoring but getting rebounds. If you add Zion back to this squad, they'll have a lot of the success to me you're seeing teams in the West have this year, like Dallas, like Minnesota. So I'm, I know we're not going to see Zion this year, But for me, I would love to see him return to New Orleans and play with that collection of players. There's always a subtext to all social media posts. Like a lot of time when people are like, hey, look at this cupcake. What they're really saying is look at my nice outfit. And what he's saying there is, I know they're going to shut me down for the season, but (laughs) I'm in shape. I'm playing, and don't forget what I can do on a basketball court. And when you mention all those players in the Pelicans, we always have to mention standout rookie Herb Jones, who's an amazing two-way player. Jalen, you are in Memphis right now. Huge game tonight between the Grizzlies without Jaw and the Nets. We'll get from you the vibe of the city and the Grizzlies right after this. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. You're watching J&J. Welcome back to Jalen Jacoby. Want to thank Jawan Howard for coming through. We'll be rooting for him and the Wolverines on Thursday. Back tomorrow, ESPN 2, 4 p.m.
We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners. Jalen Rose. I want to talk about this Pusha T Arby's thing again because there's been some more controversy coming out of this Pusher, Pusha T and Arby situation. When you hear the line, I can sell water to a blank, what word comes to mind? I thought he was going to say water to a well. Thank you. It is water to a well. W-E-L-L. There is some controversy because the Arby's diss track was subtitled and he said, I can sell water to a whale. W-H-A-L-E. However, he did rhyme it with fish scale. So perhaps that was he was thinking. And then Jay-Z was asked about this, asked to clarify whether he said well or whale. And Jay-Z said everything. He just basically kept it nebulous and said, oh, it's always a double entendre. And which doesn't even make sense to me. But I just love the idea that Jay-Z is leaving it open for interpretation. Glad that we are both on the same page. It is water to a well. It is not water to a whale. Correct? So a few things, and I love that we have pod exclusive and we've been doing this for two years. And I've two? been with you and two heard years? people come up to you and ask you, yeah, I, I, for the 10 years we've been doing this show, I've heard people come up to you and say two separate things. One, they were surprised by how tall you were. Always. The other one was they were surprised that you weren't black. Right? <laughs> what you just reminded everybody is that you're actually white. Very. And I'm going to tell you the ways. Number one, you said pusher at first. You said pusher. It's pusher. And then number two, I don't know how Jay-Z got in this. Oh, he said I can he sell said water to a well. He said Jay-Z's name like three or four times. Did, did Jay-Z well, say it? Well, obviously you're not that familiar with Jay-Z's catalog. Maybe you're white because he said, he says a line, I can sell water to a well. Correct, but he didn't make that up. No, of course not. That's not. That's what I said on the call right, earlier. I was like, that's like say it since the beginning of time. That's exactly what I mean. We, I said that on the call. It's like Rasheed getting credit for that's ball like don't lie. That's like when people say Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, exactly. Ball don't that's lie. A, exactly like, what I said on the call this morning. The I was like, this is not. This is not Jay Z's you know, thing to decide. Water to a well has been part of the vernacular. Like I, I don't know, since way before I was born. And by the way, when you just asked me the question, I said W-H-A-L-E as my answer. When you regurgitated yours, you said, well, W-E-L-L. Oh, there's a real disconnect here. So the different interpretations, correct. That's my point exactly. That's why I brought this up. Well... I am very white, don't ever forget that. Jalen, we've been doing this show for 10 years, as you mentioned. One of my favorite, favorite episodes we ever did is we did a full hour-long breakdown of Above the Rim. And today is 28 years to the day, to the day of the release of Above the Rim. What is your favorite moment to in this that film? Day. Wow, I'm gonna have to go watch Above the Rim. 20 years to this day, it got released. 28. One of my favorite movies ever. Definitely probably my favorite sports movie ever. Here's the difference between us. 
What's your favorite sports movie, Rocky? Um, Stealing Home. When I was coming of age, when I was a teenager, Stealing Home really got me. I was crying. I watched it twice in a row on a VHS. And of course, you say Stealing Home, a movie I've never seen. Mm-hmm. So Bad News Bears right. is good too. I like Bad For News me, Bears. For me, when you were watching Stealing Home, I was stealing from the store. But also, I was watching Fish to Save Pittsburgh. That was a classic when I was young with Dr. J. How about, well, Cooley High, I, I mean, that wasn't necessarily sports. What about White Shadow, the TV show? That's before your time. You don't know nothing about that. Oh, well, well, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, Mr. Rose. But above the let realm. Me, let me tell you something about White Shadow, Mr. Rose, that I know nothing about. The lead in White Shadow, the white coach, his name is Kent Herbert, I believe, the actor. And he was my dad's college roommate. So back on you, Mr. Rose, acting like I don't know nothing about White Shadow. That is my really? dad's college roommate. That is my dad's college really? roommate. Facts. Wow. Facts. And I'm only naming these movies for context for each any of you who haven't seen them or have seen them to remind you to go check them out. But Birdie's character, Tupac's character in this movie was classic, fam. It like, it was one thing to see him perform in Juice. Like to, to, to watch the, um, the suspenseful character that he played in Juice and then remix it in a way to do the character for Above the Rim. And shout out to my guy Noblewood, who was in, who was in it as well. But again, First off, his fashion was fly. Remember the camo looks with the, with the Timbos? Those was fresh. How about having the razor underneath the tongue? You know what I'm saying? That was dope. You know, there's just so many things about that flick. Like, we got to bring that back. We got to bring that back. Well, a couple things, Mr. Rose. Number one, um, when Shep checks into the game in his pants, you just know he's going to go off. You know what I mean? You know he's going to go off. That, and, and it's just it's such a classic movie. And it, it's, it's probably it's one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done of Jalen and Jacoby. Back in the days when we could do whatever we want, whenever we want, all the time, always. We sold out, man. We really sold out. But a couple other things I want to talk to you about, Mr. Rose. Um, our guy, Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal, right? He is now being charged for a felony because his former roommate, his former close friend, Kobe Covington, obviously they already had a fight. Masvidal lost the fight, and he found out that Mr. Covington was dining at a restaurant or at a bar nightclub in Miami, and the Miami streets are down for Masvidal. They told him he was there. Allegedly, Masvidal struck Covington twice in the face, and he is now facing charges for this incident. What are your thoughts on this alleged incident? Covington was at a restaurant enjoying himself and Masvidal got word that he was there and he came to the restaurant to confront him. I think that's so whack. I think it's childish. I think it's irresponsible. I think it's unprofessional. And I hope that he gets disciplined for it by the law. Um... And by the way, whatever happened in the restaurant was better than the fight we paid for. 
How about that? <laughs> if you really wanted to knock him out, you was just in the ring with him, the octagon. Why you ain't do it then? You gonna rush a man while you having dinner? That's just so lame to me. It's a good point. As, Cameras as gr- everywhere. As great as Masvidal was to dining. us, it, it, great as Masvidal was to us, um, running up on people and punching them in the face is not. You know, I don't rock with that. It's, it's not right. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's really not right. And I think that people people always say on site, like oh, on site, on site. Like it's so it's so easy to talk tough, but when you actually are in a fight, winning or losing, it doesn't feel good either way. It doesn't feel good either way. So I think you all, everybody wants to be tough guys. Everybody wants to be masculine, but please sell your differences in other manners. There was some other action in the NBA last night that Jacobi, I'd like to discuss with you. can I do you. one other thing? Can I Quite do one other thing, want. please? Anything you want, buddy. Before you discuss the other thing, I want to go back to above the rim for a second because I had to make sure I look up something. It's really important. Okay, As go. you mentioned, 20 years ago to this day, and I mentioned Tupac's I character, Birdie. But we can't forget Kyle Lee Watson, played by Dwayne Martin. How about Shep? You just mentioned him. Leon Robinson, the late great Bernie Mac was in there. You remember? Shame what happened to Flip. Shame what happened to Flip. You know what I mean? That's classic. Shame what happened to Flip. Shame what happened to Flip. We've been saying that for twenty years. Big part of the lexicon. Big part of the Jalen Jacoby lexicon. Shame what happened to Flip. No doubt. And how about my guy? I mentioned him. Wood Harris, Motal. He was up in there too. So make sure y'all go check out above the rim. And Marlon Wayans was playing Boogaloo. I also have to say this, that upon further review, my favorite sports movie is definitely White Man Can't Jump. I mean, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like asking who the go to basketball is. Like, there's Michael Jordan, there's a big gap, and there's everybody else. It, 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 it's White Man Can't Jump, there's a big gap, and then it's everything else. I was just trying to be cute when I said Stealing Home. It's about baseball. I just really liked it because they showed boobs, and I was 13 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at that time, you couldn't press www and see boobs. No. <laughs> no, no. You know what I mean? Like, that's when people were still in the magazine phase. You know, Playboy and Penthouse, hiding them underneath the mattress. You were just a young lad trying to come into your own. One of my favorite sports movies is Bull Durham. That's another one of my favorite sports movies. And I don't even, I don't even feel comfortable exp- revealing this into a microphone, but I'm going to do it. In Bull Durham, watching it, it's a great, great performance. Kevin Costner's amazing. Susan Sarandon's amazing. It's got all white people, Jalen. I swear to God, you would like it. It's not a single black person. I'm sure there's some black character, but like, it's all white. Bull Durham, I'm all sure white you would people, like it. you know I ain't seen it. I sure, I, even you would like this one. It's good. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll make you feel things. And I was a young man, and I'm watching it by myself. And this is this is so embarrassing. Uh, Susan Sarandon has like a, a like a, a nightie on it. It's not revealing whatsoever. But at some point she like reaches forward and like grabs something. It's not supposed to be a sex scene or anything, but like you get a little bit of like side boob and I'm with my VHS tape and I'm like pausing it. <laughs> like you know you know with the VHS when you pause it it's all blurry and like it like doesn't even look right. Like y'all on the internet don't understand. Exactly. <laughs> Can't really this is, see it anywhere. This is, this is your washed up uncles talking here like you like this, this is what we had to do. Y'all, y'all, y'all got it, got it right there in the palm of your hand. The pun, the pun intended. But you now know, they like, got the internet. They got TV. Yeah. They got radios right it's in your it face. It wasn't even a sex scene. Like it was, it was like an accident. The new fashion statement is half naked. <laughs> 
You know, baggy jeans are coming back, dude. I can see the streets you already. Have, how old were you when you saw a side boob? And you pulled the VHS. I don't know how old I was. It was Bull Bull Durham. I remember it was Bull Durham, and I was was very excited about that accidental side boob. But um, I do want to talk about something that is coming back. Good for you. Baggy jeans are back, Jalen. I can always tell in New York City when you look at like the 14, 15 year olds that have skateboards, like that's like those are like that's those are like the, what's next in fashion, you know what I mean? And they're all wearing the baggy jeans again. I saw a dude with the baggiest jeans, and I was just like, oh man, you and me and you, we me and you in 1994 would have been friends. 1994 me and 2012 you would have been friends. Will you go back to baggy? Because I know somewhere you've got a warehouse full of like $2 million worth of clothes that don't fit you. Are you going to go back to baggy when everybody goes back to baggy? (laughs) So, um, fashion trends come and go. Just like social media apps. And I always pick and choose which ones I'm going to participate. I remember when Twitter first started. I was like, I'm not going to join. And then Angela Yee at a breakfast club convinced me to do it. And I guess I've now been on it 10 years. You remember when IG started. For years, I was like, it. I ain't getting on IG. I ain't trying to be taking no pictures and be recorded <laughs> and do all that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't doing all that. And then eventually, I had to bow down and BK, who was working with us at South Seaport and Kayla, they was like, yo, you, you need Instagram. Mm-hmm. Jacoby's like, you need Instagram. So I was like, all right. But I ain't joining TikTok. I am not going to be able to do it. I don't care what's happening You on said there. the same thing about Instagram, my I guy. You said the mind. same thing. You, you see, you said the same thing, Jalen. You said the same, this is the exact same way you said it. The so same I, conviction you said it with. You said the exact same thing, the exact same way about Instagram. I'm, I'm old enough to remember it. Uh, I was there. And so, like, when you ask me about the baggy jeans coming back, would I rock them? I would rock them if I wasn't my age. Yes. Because it's one thing to be in your teens or 20s rocking the baggy look. But when you almost 50, it looked like you out of style. Yes. And then also, I ain't going to chase the super tight pants. And I ain't going to chase the super baggy pants. I'm going to just kind of do me. I ain't trying to be jumping up and down to put on no pants. I'm good. <laughs> well, um, one thing I learned is, is I get older is just just stay standard. I, you know what? I'm not going to go baggy when everybody goes baggy. I'm not going to go skinny when everybody goes skinny. Just regular fit. You know, and I'm not going to try that hard because I go, there's this one store. Let me tell you a quick story. There's a store in my old neighborhood called Dover Street Market, and it's where, like, edgy, cool people shop. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's special. It's got, like, 17 floors, and everything everything I look at, I'm like, oh, that's dope. I look at the price tag, and I'm just like, what? And it's got all of this crazy clothes, and everything I look at in there, I'm like, who is this for? Like, 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 I'm talking about, like, sweatshirts with one sleeve, but the sleeve comes out the middle of your chest. Like, doesn't even come out where the arm is. And, like, big shoulder pads. And, like, you know, and shoes that, like, look like cowboy boots mixed with Jordans. Like, just these wild, wild clothes. And it made me feel like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go with classic standard looks. You know what I mean? Just classics. Classics that I'll never be embarrassed that I wore. I don't take a lot of fashion chances. And one thing I do do, though, give the people what they want. Every single day, 
We want to hear from you, the podcast exclusive listeners. If you listen to 98580Jalen, you can get on the show, just like me and Jalen are every single day, on a voicemail. So if you call 98580Jalen, you can leave us a voicemail, and we'll put you on the show just like this. What up, though? It's Dan out in Maryland. I got a question. Actually, I got two questions for you guys. So I just started dating this girl. We did two days. I covered the first two. No questions asked, but we both know that she makes more than me. So what point would it be alright to be like, yo, can we split this bill? Also, Jalen, I know you're 10 toes down Detroit, but I am a member of Jacoby's delegation. So I was wondering if you knew of any of the rock bands from Detroit, like the White Stripes or the Stooges or MC5. Uh, shout out, Reg Ledge, and uh, represent the 443. Peace out. Dan from Maryland, from the Jacoby delegation. First, we'll start with the question for you, Mr. Rose. What are your favorite Detroit rock and roll acts? I can't I front. Um, Bob Dylan. <laughs> Bob from Dylan? Detroit? Is Bob Dylan from Detroit? I don't think so. Is Bob Dylan from Detroit? I'm looking that up right now. This is hilarious. Bob Dylan don't, don't, he just doesn't seem Detroit to me. He really doesn't seem Detroit for me. Oh my God. This is one of my favorite things that's ever happened on the show. I'm not you looking Bob up. Dylan Thank hometown. you for the call. Appreciate the support. <laughs> Thank you for the call. Minnesota. Appreciate the support. Thank you, Dan, so much. But this is this is great. Oh, he, he's said, from Minnesota? He, said, he said, he said, what's your favorite? The question is, what's your favorite rock band in Detroit? Jalen Rose goes, looks around for a little bit and then goes, can't front. Bob Dylan. That's <laughs> such a great moment from the program. I think there's a band named Detroit <laughs> from Detroit. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I can't name too many rock bands from Detroit, but I will say White Stripes, Jack White is one of my favorite artists of all time. Kid Rock. Not my not my favorite. Don't agree with the politics of Kid Rock, but you know what? A good song is a good song. You know what I mean? Like I don't agree with R. Kelly's actions either, but that don't mean that his songs don't slap. So I can't I can't act like I don't like Kid Rock. And I will say this. If Dan, I know you want to ask her to split the bills. It's only been two dates. But here's my advice to you. You're just going to have to eat this, man. It's an investment. Every time you pay for dinner, it's an investment. And the investment's going to pay off if she's worth it. So you let her bring it up. You could could be on date number seven. Still pay for everything and let her bring it up. It won't last forever, I promise. Trust me, you're making an investment, and it makes a lot of sense. I want to thank Juwan Howard for coming through. I know he's very busy. It's so wild that he took time to join us on Jalen and Jacoby. Something tells me it has something to do with your relationship with him, Mr. Rose. Just, Just an idea. And we'll be back tomorrow, the day of the big game, to prepare you for the big games. Why is that, Jalen? We're not done. We're not done like the Blastmaster, KRS-One, once famously said into a microphone. We are not done.